Galatians 1 to Galatians 3 New English Translation from Paul, an Apostle, not from man, nor by human agency, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised Him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are following a different gospel, not that there really is another gospel, but there are some who are disturbing you and wanting to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be condemned to hell. As we have said before, and now I say again, if any one is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, let him be condemned to hell. Am I now trying to gain the approval of people, or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a slave of Christ. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. For I did not receive it or learn it from any human source, instead I received it by a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former way of life in Judaism, how I was savagely persecuting the Church of God and trying to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my nation and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when the one who set me apart from birth and called me by His grace was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I could preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not go to ask advice from any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before me, but right away I departed to Arabia, and then returned to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and get information from him, and I stayed with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James the Lord's brother. I assure you that, before God, I am not lying about what I am writing to you. Afterward I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia. But I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They were only hearing, the one who once persecuted us is now proclaiming the good news of the faith he once tried to destroy. So they glorified God because of me. Then after fourteen years I went up to Jerusalem again with Barnabas, taking Titus along too. I went there because of a revelation and presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles but I did so only in a private meeting with the influential people, to make sure that I was not running, or had not run, in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, although he was a Greek. Now this matter arose because of the false brothers with false pretenses who slipped in unnoticed to spy on our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, to make us slaves. But we did not surrender to them even for a moment, in order that the truth of the gospel would remain with you. But from those who were influential, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God shows no favoritism between people, those influential leaders added nothing to my message. On the contrary, when they saw that I was entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised just as Peter was entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who empowered Peter for his apostleship to the circumcised also empowered me for my apostleship to the Gentiles, and when James, Cephas, and John, who had a reputation as pillars, recognized the grace that had been given to me, they gave to Barnabas and me the right hand of fellowship, agreeing that we would go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They requested only that we remember the poor, the very thing I also was eager to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he had clearly done wrong. Until certain people came from James, he had been eating with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he stopped doing this and separated himself because he was afraid of those who were pro-circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also joined with him in this hypocrisy, so that even Barnabas was led astray with them by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not behaving consistently with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, If you, although you are a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, 
How can you try to force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that no one is justified by the works of the law but by the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And we have come to believe in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by the faithfulness of Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law no one will be justified. But if while seeking to be justified in Christ we ourselves have also been found to be sinners, is Christ then one who encourages sin? Absolutely not. But if I build up again those things I once destroyed, I demonstrate that I am one who breaks God's law. For through the law I died to the law so that I may live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So the life I now live in the body, I live because of the faithfulness of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. I do not set aside God's grace, because if righteousness could come through the law, then Christ died for nothing. You foolish Galatians! Who has cast a spell on you? Before your eyes Jesus Christ was vividly portrayed as crucified. The only thing I want to learn from you is this, did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? Although you began with the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by human effort? Have you suffered so many things for nothing? If indeed it was for nothing. Does God then give you the Spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Just as Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, so then, understand that those who believe are the sons of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, proclaimed the gospel to Abraham ahead of time, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who believe are blessed along with Abraham the believer. For all who rely on doing the works of the law are under a curse because it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not keep on doing everything written in the book of the law. Now it is clear no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous one will live by faith. But the law is not based on faith, but the one who does the works of the law will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, because it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles, so that we could receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. Brothers and sisters, I offer an example from everyday life, when a covenant has been ratified, even though it is only a human contract, no one can set it aside or add anything to it. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his descendant. Scripture does not say, and to the descendants, referring to many, but unto your descendant, referring to one, who is Christ. What I am saying is this, the law that came 430 years later does not cancel a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to invalidate the promise. For if the inheritance is based on the law, it is no longer based on the promise, but God graciously gave it to Abraham through the promise. Why then was the law given? It was added because of transgressions, until the arrival of the descendant to whom the promise had been made. It was administered through angels by an intermediary. Now an intermediary is not for one party alone, but God is one. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that was able to give life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But the Scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise could be given, because of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, to those who believe. Now before faith came we were held in custody under the law, being kept as prisoners until the coming faith would be revealed. Thus the law had become our guardian until Christ, so that we could be declared righteous by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. 
Psalm 104 New English Translation Praise the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, You are magnificent. You are robed in splendor and majesty. He covers Himself with light as if it were a garment. He stretches out the skies like a tent curtain and lays the beams of the upper rooms of His palace on the rain clouds. He makes the clouds His chariot and travels on the wings of the wind. He makes the winds His messengers and the flaming fire His attendant. He established the earth on its foundations, it will never be moved. The watery deep covered it like a garment, the waters reached above the mountains. Your shout made the waters retreat, at the sound of your thunderous voice they hurried off, as the mountains rose up and the valleys went down, to the place you appointed for them. You set up a boundary for them that they could not cross, so that they would not cover the earth again. He turned springs into streams, they flow between the mountains. They provide water for all the animals in the field, the wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky live beside them, they chirp among the bushes. He waters the mountains from the upper rooms of his palace, the earth is full of the fruit you cause to grow. He provides grass for the cattle and crops for people to cultivate, so they can produce food from the ground as well as wine that makes people glad, and olive oil to make their faces shine as well as bread that sustains them. The trees of the Lord receive all the rain they need, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted, where the birds make nests near the evergreens in which the herons live. The wild goats live in the high mountains, the rock badgers find safety in the cliffs. He made the moon to mark the months, and the sun sets according to a regular schedule. You make it dark and night comes, during which all the beasts of the forest prowl around. The lions roar for prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they withdraw and sleep in their dens. People then go out to do their work, and they labor until evening. How many living things you have made, O Lord! You have exhibited great skill in making all of them. The earth is full of the living things you have made. Over here is the deep, wide sea, which teems with innumerable swimming creatures, living things both small and large. The ships travel there, and over here swims the whale you made to play in it. All your creatures wait for you to provide them with food on a regular basis. You give food to them and they receive it, you open your hand and they are filled with food. When you ignore them, they panic. When you take away their life's breath, they die and return to dust. When you send your life-giving breath, they are created, and you replenish the surface of the ground. May the splendor of the Lord endure. May the Lord find pleasure in the living things He has made. He looks down on the earth and it shakes, He touches the mountains and they start to smolder. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live, I will sing praise to my God as long as I exist. May my thoughts be pleasing to Him. I will rejoice in the Lord. May sinners disappear from the earth, and the wicked vanish. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 19 1 to Proverbs 19 15 New English Translation Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is perverse in his speech and is a fool. It is dangerous to have zeal without knowledge, and the one who acts hastily makes poor choices. A person's folly subverts his way, and his heart rages against the Lord. Wealth adds many friends, but a poor person is separated from his friend. A false witness will not go unpunished, and the one who spouts out lies will not escape punishment. Many people entreat the favor of a generous person and everyone is the friend of the person who gives gifts. All the relatives of a poor person hate him, how much more do his friends avoid him, one who chases words, which are nothing. The one who acquires understanding loves himself, the one who preserves understanding will prosper. A false witness will not go unpunished, and the one who spouts out lies will perish. Luxury is not appropriate for a fool, how much less for a servant to rule over princes. A person's wisdom has made him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. A king's wrath is like the roar of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. A foolish child is the ruin of his father, and a contentious wife is like a constant dripping. A house and wealth are inherited from parents, 
but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Laziness brings on a deep sleep, and the idle person will go hungry. Dot 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 the scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible https colon slash slash netbible.com copyright 1996, 2019 used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC all rights reserved. All glory to God in the highest.